Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another week, not another dollar. Uh, an interesting week. Uh, again, I'm going to be repetitious as I have been the past several weeks. It's so nice not to have very much, if anything, about Donald Trump to discuss. Uh, we're, we've moved back into a normal life. Uh, I think Joe Biden's doing good. I think the Republicans are a bunch of pompous asses, and so is Joe Manchin. Uh, but Biden uh, will succeed. He's going to get things done. going to surprise everyone. He's going to get things done. And I wonder where we would have been today, just three or four months into his uh, presidency, if Trump had been reelected. Okay, where are we going tonight? We're going to Minneapolis, Key West, Texas, Georgia, Washington, D.C., and China. Let's start with a subject that is just coming to pass. It's just being discussed, uh, and I want to talk about children. And what I'm going to talk about is child suicides, child suicides. A bad, bad, disparaging uh, phrase, something we don't like to think about. Some of us may not know anything about it, but it's out there and it exists big time. Child suicide is an international epidemic. The cause, very simple. The pandemic. The pandemic is what has done it. Uh, We had to take the kids out of school. Had to keep them home. Now they had to learn over the t- on the computer, on the Internet. Can't keep their attention that long. They missed the companionship, the sociability with their fellow students. They ha- have had a year where their minds have not been able to function normally, and it is it has been adversely affecting many of these children. Attempted suicides and suicides. I thought several months ago it was too early to send them back to school. And quite frankly, I didn't even think about the suicide issue. Though at the present time, I'm convinced, as most people are, it's time to send the kids back to school. Uh, I've got two going to the high school here in Key West. They would go nowhere without those masks. And they say it's all very stringently uh, adhered to in school, and they have no concern about getting sick. He says that mask never comes off except to eat lunch. Okay, here's the story with child suicide. Uh, In England, there is a a doctor called David Greenborn. David Greenborn. The Associated Press recently interviewed him. He's an expert. He's an expert on the issue of child suicide. He says it's not being recognized as it should at the present time. Uh, Suicide attempts, okay, have gone recently, he said, from a couple per week pre-pandemic, have gone from a couple a week pre-pandemic to more than several per day. A couple a week pre-pandemic, now more than several a day. And again, it's not being recognized, he says. Children as young as eight years old, okay, are attempting committing suicide or are committing suicide, eight years old. Uh, 
Why? Because a year is really a long time. The kids are fed up. They, they, they don't see an end to this staying home, the Internet, not seeing their friends, not going to school. This is their social existence. You know, you don't think about it till someone mentions it, but it was my social existence and yours going to school, grammar school, high school, and even college. It was our social existence. Uh, now, Dr. Greenberg, okay, said also regarding suicides, they have gone from 20 per month, 20 attempts, attempts per month, to, uh, with regard to 15-year-olds or younger, more than 20 attempts per month, 15 years or younger, to more than double that number, okay, to more than double that number, over 40 attempted suicides, 15 and under. Uh, the doctor said, and I quote, we are surprised by the maturity of the desire, by the maturity of the desire to die among kids 12 or 13 years old. Some, okay, as early as nine years old. It's a genuine wish on their part to end their lives. We've got a real problem on our hands, not just in England, but in this country, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully soon the kids will all be back in school. We'll see if they avoid the pandemic problem. Uh, they should. Everybody's getting the shots. We're down to 18-year-olds this week, I think. So it's going to hit the kids in the, in the high schools next and so forth. Uh, let's see what happens. And, and Because if it doesn't happen, they can't stay in school. Based on what this Dr. Greenborn says, we have a very, very, very serious problem. Problem that is not being discussed in this country. I want to mention that also. Where have you read about it? Where have you heard about it on TV or through some form of media? Okay, now let's go to the trial. You know, Derek Chauvin's trial for his alleged murder of George Floyd. Uh this, this murder trial in Minneapolis has captured the minds of everyone in America, perhaps all over the world. Uh, it reminds me of O.J. Simpson's trial. Do you remember O.J. Simpson's trial? More than 20 years ago, perhaps more than 25 years ago. Uh, everyone was glued to their TV set. Uh, I was glued to my TV set. Uh, at the time I was down here, uh, I used to come down for the season three months. I did my exercising, my walking, my swimming, laying in the sun in the morning, 12 o'clock, because that's when it came on. They were out of California. I was in front of the TV set of Barca Lounge, and I watched until they went off later in the day, like 7, 8 o'clock. I was thrilled with that trial. It was so exciting. And America seemed to enjoy it. Also, we've got the same thing here. People are watching uh, Derek Chauvin. They are... Anxious to see the result. Most of them think they know the result. Uh, let me say this. The prosecution, we're into the second week, has done an excellent job so far. I really admire the, the, the presentation, the preparation that's gone into the proof. I mean, they bury Derek with every witness. You've got officers, the chief of police saying, that was a no-no what he did. It was wrong. It's not part of the training. You never put your knee on your knee on somebody's neck. You're going to kill them. In effect, even the emergency room doctor said it. Uh, so they're building a good case. Uh, 
they got away with murder the first few days last week, the prosecution. i got to put it that way. I don't believe that the lawyers for Chauvin are that good, that experienced. Uh, they let a lot of proof in first two or three days last week that should not have been admissible. It should have been objected to. A judge would have thrown it out. But if it isn't objected to, it comes in. They didn't know enough to watch the nature of the question, challenge it. They would have won 95% of the time the way the questions were being asked. Uh, now it's a different ball game. the last few days last week and the first two days this week. Uh, they have a different approach now, the uh, defense lawyers. And i got to say this, and I'm going to change horses in midstream. They're doing a pretty good job the last two days. Uh, what they're doing is, you know, these police witnesses, doctor witness, everybody goes on and says how terrible this Derek Chauvin was and what he did was wrong. And they come back on cross-examination, the defense attorneys, and they try to show that the cause of Chauvin's death was not the knee and the neck. It was not asphyxiation. He died from a heart attack because he had a cardiac problem, or it was on drugs. He had he was under the influence of drugs at the time also. Or if he wasn't and he had taken drugs for a long period of time, which he had, that caused his death. Don't know, okay? But they're doing it with every witness, and no witness can say, uh, no witness deviates and says, no, it was the, dr- it was the um, drugs of the heart, it was the knee and the neck. But what they're doing is creating what we call in the law a reasonable doubt. In a criminal trial, a jury, in order to convict, must believe that the defendant is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, what's re- beyond a reasonable doubt? Interesting question. comes up in every criminal trial. It's more than half. 51%, 52% of the proof makes you think he's guilty, and he's not guilty. And the reason he's not guilty is because of the heart condition, because of the drugs, because I believe equally those things could have caused his death, and they may have caused it in this case. So I'm compelled, as the judge says, to acquit. These defense lawyers, with every witness now this week, are building up reasonable doubt. And this case can look like, excuse me, shit for them right now, but over a period of another two or three weeks, that reasonable doubt several times a day, every day, just sitting out there is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So now the defense attorneys have something to talk about in summation, and you never know. So that's how I see it at the present time. Which now brings me to credit card donations. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump's a thief. <laughs> Donald Trump, whore, uh, does not keep his word. He's really a poor businessman, or maybe he's a terrific businessman. He makes all his money illegitimately and gets away with it. Uh, Saturday, I, I read over the Internet a Washington Post, a New York Times, rather, article uh, by a Shane Goldmacher, 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 M-A-C-H-E-R. And he said, oh, Trump was, in effect, stealing, I'm using the word stealing, from people who donated to him. He had this gimmick going. 
he would send out letters saying, I need money. Do you recall two months before the election? He sent out a slew of letters. I need money. Biden's taking in more money than me. He's able to put ads up where I can't afford it. Send me money, please, anything you can. And people would send it. And these things are sending over the credit over credit cards usually. They send in a dollar, five dollars, some a thousand dollars, some fifteen thousand dollars. And what did Trump do? Well, in some cases, every week for several weeks or every other week, he would run the credit card another time. And then the following week, he would run that same credit card another time, always for the same amount that the fellow, whoever made the contribution, the amount that person initially made it in. So uh, in one case, a $500 contribution after six weeks turned into a $3,000 contribution. A $5 contribution turned into a $300 contribution. People started calling the fraud divisions of the credit card companies. They called the banks, and it was determined this is what was being done. And they have required Trump to return these monies, and he still is. And what Trump, that's what he took the donation, amplified it, magnified it, tripled it, quadrupled it, quintupled it by just rerunning the credit cards. He says, oh, well, we had a little notation in fine print and yellow up in a corner or something that says we were permitted to do this if we want. Nobody read that shit. This guy's a thief. Now, uh, let, me, let me, and this also happened after he lost the election because now he sent out letters and what did we say? We got to fight. This was in December and January. We've got to fight <laughs> the ballot fraud. I won this election. America, they're stealing the election from me. Help me. When? And we got those monies coming in. Uh, now, what does it boil down to with dollars and cents? So you can appreciate the significance, if you don't already, of what Trump has been doing. In the last two months of last year, this would be November and December, okay, uh, people had, this was generally the money so he could run more ads. He has been forced to return already this year. He has returned already this year, Donald Trump. $64.3 million. A lot of money. Two months. $64.3 million to 530,000 people who donated. Now, Biden had the same problem. Biden, though, as we're being told, it was a mistake. And the numbers aren't comparable, so you can see. Apparently, mistakes are always made with all these things. Banks make them, and they, they made them. Biden's campaign in the same two months, uh, they've returned $5.6 million, Trump $64.3 million. And they returned the $5.6 million to 37,000 people who donated, whereas Trump has so far returned to 530,000. Now, if this ain't stealing, I don't know what is. The fact that he's returning the money, because he's caught with his hand in the till, he got caught. He's going, he should be arrested. He should be indicted, charged. He should be tried. I don't care this little thing in the corner. Everyone knows nobody reads fine print on this stuff. And most of the people he's nailing, by the way, are elderly citizens. Uh, wrong. This, I'm sorry, he's a pig. He's a whore. You don't do this, especially if you're president of the United States. You don't steal from people like this. The man is demented, and he keeps getting away with it. 
Sunday's a big day in my life. This coming Sunday is a big day in my life. I have been, on Sunday, I will have been in self-quarantine for 411 days. 411 days. Would you believe it? 411 days. Uh, I went into self-quarantine early because I'm 85. And i got to tell you something. Most of my friends my age are into self-quarantine. We, we communicate over the Internet, thank God, for the Internet during this, this time. Uh, and they're all the same thing. They stay home. They have their food delivered, get to know their wives again. If they haven't got a wife, they read some books. Uh, and, and if it's a wife who doesn't have a husband, she's cooking more and more for her children to come and get the food. Uh, it hasn't been bad. I've got to say this. My days have been full. I do my blog in the morning from 6 to 11. Uh, then I watch a little TV till noon. I have a sandwich. I go back and I either read research or work on my two books that I'm writing. I've been writing these two books forever, it seems. Uh, One is uh, Growing Up Italian, which I'm on my fourth revision. I don't know why. I just want it to be very good when I publish it because I believe people will read it. It's that interesting, Growing Up Italian. Uh, So my days are full. I take a nap late in the afternoon for an hour and a half or two hours. In the evening, after I have another saying, after I eat, let me put it that way for the moment, I watch a couple of movies from my bed. I've watched a lot of movies <laughs> during this quarantine. i got to tell you, I never watched this many movies in my life. Do you know, depending, and you probably do, but, you know, I, I, I didn't know, so I find these things interesting, <laughs> surprising. Uh, depending on who you, 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 you're with, your internet is with, uh, you can get free movies with some of them. And with one channel, or with one, I don't know what you would call it, uh, site, I can get 5,800 movies free. I'm laughing. 5,800 movies free. I hate a lot of them. I don't like silent films. I don't like films where i got to read the English wording on the bottom. But I've got a couple of thousand movies I'm watching. And they tell you what kind. You want military. You want love. Uh, whatever you want. You pick out and then they give them to you. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful, this country, isn't it? Okay, I learned two things during this 411 days. What did I learn? I learned how to cook. You see, I've been a bachelor for a long time, 15, 16 years. And I never had a cook for myself. I was married 52 years. I had my mother before my wife. Uh, Then I had nobody when we were divorced. And so I, I go out to the restaurants didn't bother me. I, I go out every night, have a couple of drinks, go to a restaurant to eat. Uh, La Trattoria, Hot Tin Roof, uh, the Pier House, uh, Antonia's. I did, that was my life down here for all these years, for 15, 16 years food-wise. But I can't go out and eat because I'm self-quarantined. So I said, Louis, you can't keep eating, I won't say a bologna sandwich, but I was eating a lot of ham, ham and cheese sandwiches. You can't do this. You've got, you know, you got to get your fruits, you got to get your vegetables, you got to do this and that. So I didn't buy a cookbook, but the Internet, as you and I know, has everything. So I'd look up different uh, meals I could prepare, and I started buying stuff and preparing them. No problem shopping, 
because I didn't even go out to shop at Publix. I got myself a professional shopper, and she comes with my groceries. I send the list in around 8 in the morning once a week, and whatever time I want those groceries that day, they come within a one-hour time frame. And so now I was buying foods that I could cook. I started off easy with salmon, filet mignon. What the hell? I ate good before. I might as well eat good now. Started chopping up certain vegetables, making certain salads, moving oil with this and that. And it was fun, and I enjoyed the meals. And then it got to be a lot of work. So three or four months after I started, I enjoyed the meals. They were terrific. But, one, there was a lot more to clean up afterwards. And, number two, too much work. So I stopped, and I went back. I've been seven months now at least, eight months, back to the ham sandwich, the cheese sandwich, and so forth. Excuse me. The other thing I learned, but I, I still know how to cook. I can, you know, if I have, invite a woman over for dinner, I can prepare something for her and she say, oh, you cook, because I've told women love men who can cook. The other thing is jail. I've been in this house 411 days except to go to the doctor uh, or the hospital. As you know, I've had a multitude of problems. I, they thought I had a blood clot in my leg. I had a, a leak in my brain. I don't know what the hell else, but this has been the worst time of my life, and I didn't, wasn't going anyplace. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I learned I could handle jail. If I handled a year alone in the house, I could handle a year in jail. Uh, and there, at least I had hundreds of people to talk to every day. Here I have no one except the, the friends I've made over the Internet, and I've made many. Uh, many people have come together over the Internet. I've enjoyed it. I may have mentioned it to you. I met a woman in the state of Seattle, Washington. Uh, she's 54. Her name is, I can't remember her first name. Isn't that something? Uh, I've got a mental block. That comes with 85. She doesn't forget I do. But anyhow, every weekend on Friday or Saturday night, we have cocktails at 7. She drinks more than me because I gave up drinking about two years ago. I probably had two glasses of wine in the last year, and she she has two or three drinks. And we, we're on Skype or we're on uh, Video Messenger, Facebook, and we talk. And I've learned so much through her, and she's learned through me. Uh, an interesting woman, an educated woman. Uh, we, It's just wonderful. And I've made other friends the same way on here that I look forward to talking with. I've got friends in Europe I'm talking with. Indonesia, okay? Uh, South Africa. For real. England. All because of this coronavirus thing. So I could handle jail. Nice talking to you about that issue. You may think I'm crazy, but it's true. Uh, Jordan Spieth. If you're a golfer, you know who Jordan Spieth is. If you're not, let me tell you who he is. He's 27 years old. He came upon the scene about four or five years ago as a professional golfer. He was the hottest thing going right away. Within two or three years, he won 11 tournaments. That's big. Only a Tiger Woods did that. He was was 23, and he'd won 11 tournaments, three of them majors. And then in 2017, he started losing. He lost his swing, as he said. He lost his swing, and he lost his confidence when he lost his swing. So he has been working on bringing back his swing uh, since 2017, and he sucked every year. 
Now this year, the last five, six tournaments, he started looking good all of a sudden. He's in the top ten three or four times uh, on the last day of the tournament. He's fighting to win. He's one of the top two. He could just never finish in, in the recent months. He couldn't close it out so he was the winner. He'd end up losing by one or two strokes. He finally won this past Sunday in the Valero, Texas Open, $1.8 million. Uh, it was his 12th victory. The poor guy went through 82 straight tournaments without a win. Can you imagine 82 consecutive tournaments without a win? But he hung in there, and as he started winning this year, he kept saying, it'll happen. He was confident. He wasn't disappointed when he lost by a stroke or two. It's going to happen. I'm there every week. It's going to happen, and he did. God bless him. The Masters is this week, and he's already won it once when he's younger. He's 27 now when he was younger. Uh, and he's going to be one of the people up front to win this tournament this year let's see let's talk about matt gates he's another pig he's a truman supporter they're birds of a feather i mean this is uh but again no one's accused trump of having sex with a a minor uh or with taking a minor across state lines for purposes of sex and paying for it uh now what's the story here uh, Gates apparently, or it's said, uh, allegedly has been philandering for a, couple, for a while with a 17-year-old girl <clears throat> that he has had go across state lines to meet him or she went with him uh, for purposes of sex, and he paid her expenses, so that's like he paid her directly. And if this is proven in a court of law, he's in deep shit trouble, excuse the way I put it. But it's the only way because these are federal crimes. A young girl across state lines for purposes of sex, you get 10, 20, or 30 years. These are mandatory sentences, no getting out after five years. And he's got other troubles. And these all involve women. Uh, today he came out with, uh, it was reported today, the latest thing, I think this is in the Washington Post, that... Apparently, he's been taking dirty pictures, pictures of himself and sending it to women. Women take pictures of themselves and send it to him. Maybe there were joint pictures. I don't know. But his philosophy is nothing wrong, nothing illegal with sending pornographic pictures to each other as long as you do it voluntarily. Well, the law don't look at it that way, especially if the girl might be, I say might be, underage. Uh, the man is obviously lying about many things. His story is preponderance screwy screwy can't be true uh, and now somebody's trying to bribe him and his father want 25 million dollars to make whatever's uh hurting him matt go away the problem uh he's under investigation has been for a year the investigation started under trump and attorney general Barr in january 2020 not january 2021 so there may be something there. It seems to be a story with no end. There is something new every day. Uh, I'd put money on it that he's going to be indicted uh, in a fairly reasonable future. And he's got problems. This guy's got problems. He's a nut. He was a nut before. He is a nut. No, I'm telling you, this guy's a nut. Besides having some sexual problems, he's crazy. Uh, okay, now. How's my time frame here? Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover. He was president, 1928 elected, uh, the uh, 
market crashed in 1929. He was president. He had a problem being president, not because the market crashed. He handled he handled the whole problem of the market crashing improperly, and that's why it took 10 years to come back, and it took World War II to do it. But he didn't have a telephone in his office. Okay, he didn't have a telephone on his desk in the Oval Office. There were telephones already. In fact, there was a telephone in the hallway outside his office door. But for him to talk to somebody on the telephone, whether it was, you know, the king of England or the president of some other country uh, or whatever, he had to go out in the hall and take the call or make the call. Finally, they put in 1929, before the crash, two months before the crash, they put a telephone in his office. They couldn't get it to work. <laughs> it took like forever to get that thing to work. First he was screwing it up, then the way they installed it was screwing it up. But he finally got it. 1929, he got it. Absolutely amazing. Uh, great basketball. Uh, great basketball. Absolutely great basketball with the, the NCAA tournament. Baylor won they, in the final. They beat Gonzaga, which had been undefeated up to the final game, undefeated all season. Uh, but it was great basketball. Good. It's healthy stuff. I did not enjoy the PBS show last night involving uh, where they had conversations with Hemingway. Uh, I thought they had too much packed into too little time, and I was very disappointed. Uh, I have so much more to talk to you about, but I don't have any more time. I've just been told i got about 30 seconds. So let me say good night to you. By the way, a reminder, I do a blog every morning, keywestlu.com, keywestlu.com. Read it, please. If you like what I do here, you can read it. You won't have to listen to me uh, ranting and raving. Again, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week again.